All right, all right. Welcome, John, to the Cryptocosm. It is awesome at the Cryptocosm, and I'm so glad to have a fellow Texan here. So I feel right at <laughs> Thanks home. Thanks for so. having me. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Digital, yeah, welcome back. Digital, yeah, yeah. Amen to that, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, ha- I just wanted to uh, share with the audience who was listening and how I found out about you is I just happened to find your profile in, uh, I, I guess, uh, this thing called Kitcaster. All I saw is your name. You're from Dallas, Texas. And there's something about crypto. So you know what? Let yeah. me <laughs> let me talk to this guy. And next thing I know, he's in DeFi and doing a lot of amazing stuff in texas so thank you. hey thank you, know. you. <laughs> worldwide we're doing it worldwide not just I, I happen to be in texas but we're really you know we're really uh establishing currently establishing worldwide so yeah for sure thanks for having me on today i really appreciate it yeah yeah uh first of all i'm just excited to just uh actually i, I would love to just talk more about of course your project because uh it's, it's all about decentralized finance. So, but just, uh, I mean, just uh, could you explain, to, uh, like, in simple terms, what DeFi is all about? So, to me, you know, I think there's a big, uh, there's a big misunderstanding right now, or let's not call it a misunderstanding. Let's call it there's a big divergence in the the breakdown or the definition of what DeFi is. So, I'll explain maybe the two different versions that I see, and I'll tell you yeah. where we are. Okay, so. The, the two different versions that I've seen are you have the, the purist, the maximalist who calls DeFi a decentralized, uh, you don't know who the developers are or the very, you know, the, the, who they are is, is, can be anybody. They can come in and out, uh, some doc, some don't. Uh, you have a, a platform that's run by who knows, who knows who pushes the button, who turns it on, who turns it off. Uh, and then you have, the, the benefit of this decentralized financial system being able to benefit the people who partake in it. Okay. And so that's one version of DeFi that I hear about. I don't think that that's where DeFi needs to end up or needs to evolve to that. That kind of is where it is right now, but you start to see a lot more protocols that are centralized to the point to where there's a security factor you feel good about who you're uh you know participating with but the true spirit of DeFi to me is decentralizing what i call you know the, the capitalistic model of the of the current and past right is yeah. really centered around a top-down distribution of wealth so let's look at a traditional bank you go in you put your money in the bank and you get no value other than it's safe. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, there's a lot of places, you know, the oh, blockchain yeah. is probably safer to put your, yeah. to put your money in if you know what you're doing and it'll get safer and safer. But, you know, the people still want something that feels safe to them and having a, you know, with some of these other protocols like bank social and some of these other protocols that are out there where you have a team, you have a company, uh, but at the same time, the people, what I'm calling social capitalism, where it's no longer top down, it's a network effect of if you participate in the system and you stake into the system, you have the ability to benefit. So that's the decentralized finance nature. Essentially, me and you, not as CEOs, but as users of the system, other other companies or other people or whoever is part of the decentralized system being able to benefit from the use of that system. So that's where I think DeFi is trying to go and that's where bank social is uh, on that side of DeFi, where everybody benefits but you still have the security of knowing that it's not just a bunch of guys all around the world that you don't know uh, who's pushing the button but it's decentralized hey great there's a dow it's decentralized we're right. good let's go let's start spending money that's not how we get a lot the masses the every people to jump in okay yeah yeah no, no, Does that that's interesting. Sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I'm just uh, like, ever since I heard about it, like, you know, MakerDAO, Compound, like, now, now there are like, you know, so many uh, DeFi plat- platforms, you know, coming in. So, uh, no, but I, I, I think I just find it interesting, like, with your project, you're focusing, you're trying to focus on the local level. I, I guess not local level, but uh, I guess between individuals and from then on, it's time to grow. So, uh, you know, the, the protocol's name is Bank Social, 
right? And initially what we came out with was uh, decentralized peer-to-peer lending. So there's no, uh, you know, there's no bank that's making a loan and making all the benefit and you just your only benefit as a user is that you have a safe place to put your money because that's how banks work right now right yeah you go in you put in a hundred thousand dollars that's it your hundred thousand dollars will stay there that's about it though (laughs) and then they'll use your money technically what happens in a in a traditional bank technically in america uh in in most places around the world is when you go deposit money yeah, you actually have given them that money, and they write you an IOU in the contract you sign with them. You have an mm-hmm. IOU that they yeah. owe you that money, but now you've told them that they can use it to lend. Okay, so in in a bank social ecosystem, it, the opposite is true. That's yours. We've created a contract between people that will uh, essentially facilitate the the movement of those peer to peer loans around the blockchain for you to benefit from for really everybody on the ecosystem that's utilizing it to benefit from but that's not where it stops so that's just the piece that we introduced out the gate because it was the most unique piece asset-backed lending so nobody's really doing on a mass scale asset-backed lending mortgages auto loans business loans things like that Mm -hmm. the name though bank social really implies a much broader uh, ecosystem than just loans, right? It really implies a future banking system where the people who participate are the ones who benefit, you know, um, both from being able to, you know, I, I think that one of the things I hear a lot of people say is uh, it's very hard uh, to be a world traveler in today's financial world. You have to basically prep before you go anywhere or do anything or spend money somewhere, you have to prep, right? You have to turn on your credit cards or call your credit card companies and, uh, you know, tell them you're going to be spending here. Or if you're buying something online, it gets shut down because it's out of the country and they didn't recognize. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's just a very small part of it. But even when we're looking at lending, uh, you know, the, the banks decide who gets the loans and, and, uh, it's, it's not possible for the, somebody in the Philippines to fund a car loan in the United States that just doesn't exist. Right. Unless you're true, a true. billionaire in the, in the Philippines. And so, uh, you know, we're aiming to create this backbone, this financial backbone that not only people, but other platforms can build on in the form of bank social, really uh, reimagining a, an evolution of banking systems to the blockchain. Yeah, no, this is interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's no answer because uh, the funny thing is, ma- many of my friends, even some of uh, I guess some of my colleagues, also in the financial services space too, they don't really know how money is created, how, you know, how the Federal Reserve works and all that stuff. You know, or they, you know, they don't really get the uh, what do you say? Once the money enters the banking system, it's really an IOU kind of deal. You know, so. Well, it's a, it's, it almost turns out to be, um, you know, in the, in the U.S. banking system, for example, you have the ability to do a, a uh, what is it, 10 to 1 or 100 to 1 uh, leverage on a dollar. Yeah, fractional reserve mm. banking. So essentially, yeah. everybody, not a lot of people know what fractional reserve banking is, but it's yeah. like a, <laughs> the ability to take $1 and lend it out 100 times or 10 times or 50 times. So essentially, yeah. you're creating leveraged assets and borrowing somebody's borrowed money you know yeah, and, yeah. and it's you know you, you get to the point to where you've got this system of leverage that um you know it only exists in in computer systems because there's no physical money to back True. it up um you know and that's like in 2008 when you had the crash uh these are the types yeah. of systems and and financial models that kept that system from being able to be sustained right crashing down on itself the the, the over leveraged nature of it so um you know the the money flowing in right like for example in the united states right now they just printed 30 percent of all money that's ever been printed just got printed in the last year yeah <laughs> glad you said that glad you said that because i'm not the only one who's saying it that many other people are, are saying the same thing you know I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go as far as to say it's good or bad. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim to. Uh, you know, in the in the traditional financial model to say that it's good or bad. But I will say that it, it it's something that we should be focused on because at the end of the day, um, it's unprecedented. 
this this yeah. much entry of of uh, additional additional funds. And if we look at it and we say at the end of the day, let's say the argument from governments and people who who are making these decisions is that it's not a bad thing that's great for crypto because i think we see the same thing in crypto we see an unlimited <laughs> we see an unlimited amount i mean look at these tokens that launch with quadrillions of supply and so right. you're really looking at a similar concept there where and i think the cool thing about it and and we're really with crypto we're exploring an uncharted territory because you know in, in traditional financial tools, you don't really have like functions of burn, right? Mm -hmm. You don't really right. have the concept of, uh, I mean, you do have the concept of, you know, like 10 decimal places. I mean, look at some of the, the um, uh, currencies of Africa where they get devalued to the point to where, you know, it takes 10 billion Zimbabwean dollars to get right, one dollar, yeah. right? And, mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, but some of these concepts that the blockchain offers um, you know, I think, uh, create this, what I'm calling social capitalistic, uh, economy, economic system where the people, it's no longer the governments that pick the winners and losers. It's the people that right. pick the winners and losers based off the best protocols, you know, and that's yeah. the real interesting shift here is that for the first time ever in the history of, of humankind, I, I believe not only do you have the transparency of financial movement. But mm -hmm. the people have been given the ability to control the where and the when. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, look at look at me and you right now. You're in Dubai. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm in the United States, and we're talking about crypto. We would not have been uh, probably talking uh, about this had this not been uh, the, you know today's day and age with crypto. Uh, and the interesting thing here, like let me give an example of Afghanistan. Yeah. Afghanistan right now, if you were in Afghanistan – and you had crypto, you were safe. You're safe right now. Yeah, you can yeah. pay your mm -hmm. way out. Have you heard about these stories? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, just, just an interesting side note about Afghanistan. Uh, in terms of crypto adoption, I, I think Afghanistan isn't in the top twenty right now, which is which blew my mind. Yeah, which blew yeah. my mind. I'm like, wait, what? Like, so yeah. But please go well, ahead. Yeah. Not calling anybody out, but the people there just took all the money. The the powers that be just took all the money and left. And so, you know, what what the future looks like for me is when we create these decentralized socio-capitalistic models of, you know, uh, community involvement, social involvement. I don't want to have a war with Afghanistan when half of my community members are in Afghan or 20 percent or 15 percent. I don't yeah, want yeah. that. Right. I don't want that. And and for the first time ever, we're seeing that there's there's a way for not only, uh, you know, the decentralized uh, financial aspect of these things, but the decentralization of culture and societies. Right. Yeah. Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? No, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, we are the living testament right now. You know what I mean? Like we're living testament right now. Like I'm sure we'll be friends after this and for a long time. And I would never want anything to happen over there because I know that uh, you're over there and I don't want that to happen. True, right. True. Yeah, yeah. I like you. You're, mm -hmm. you look like a really cool person. And so I yeah. don't want that to happen. <laughs> and I <Yeah>. think <laughs> that's one of the features of cryptocurrencies that you know, a lot, I think a lot of the people at the top of the cryptocurrency food chain right now, they don't want to say these types of things because uh, they know that they're true, but they don't want to, you know, tick off any, you know, <laughs> governments. But, but I, I will say it. I will yeah, say yeah, it because. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, I mean, no, I'm agreeing with you. Like, you know, I guess when it comes to, you know, with cryptos, for, mostly for me, it's it's my my way of fighting the powers not meant to be you know what i mean uh, so yeah you know i was talking with a friend of mine yesterday uh you know one of the things like when you look at these sec cases and you look at how now actually on my podcast the other day i had an attorney uh and a, a law professor from king's college in london joined me yesterday on my podcast wow okay is pretty cool. And we talked about, you know, the legal side of things. And one of the things that I came out of that with was the SEC right now, uh, right or wrong. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just going to point out some facts. Mm -hmm. They're fighting with Ripple. And if you look at when the SEC started, why it started, what their purpose was, you know, before that you had these behemoths like 
Chase, JP Morgan, uh, Wells Fargo. You had these financial institutions that were doing the exact same thing that these cryptocurrency institutions are doing now, but they did it before the SEC was there. So they had the ability to win right. at all costs, right? At all mm -hmm. costs. Yeah. Do what they did. And then when they got in power, then they said, you know what? We're going to, uh, we're going to control this model now and we're going to put things in place to, to where we can pick. And oh, by the way, if a company comes up and we like it, we get first dibs on buying it. Right. Cause that's how right. that works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the laws are made. The laws are made right now to give the people with money the ability to make more money. And that to me that's is what true. DeFi DeFi breaks down. DeFi breaks that component down. It doesn't. It doesn't just decentralize like who's building. I think that's dangerous. I think to decentralize the who's managing and building, it becomes dangerous. And you see that in the form of scams right now. I mean, you've seen scams, right? All over. Oh, the place. yeah, yeah. No, uh, 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 speaking of scams, I mean, uh, especially uh, Dubai sometimes comes in the limelight. Uh, I mean, you see a lot of scams like you know New York, maybe in, uh, in LA, all these. Uh, uh, so-called DeFi projects, but unfortunately, like, you know, Dubai gets uh, gets a bad rap because a lot of these guys, they come to Dubai, they showcase the high life, hey, this is what I'm doing in crypto or Forex, you know, that kind of deal. So, and especially Dubai gets a lot of bad attention, but there are a lot of good stuff going on. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I guess also Dubai is such a unique place, you know, it's, 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 it's between- Central. Yeah, Central, right? Like you, you got uh, Southeast Asia, then south you got africa then on the then you know on the left west you got europe so you know a lot there's a lot happening uh in and dubai money. oh uh, yeah there's a lot money. of money there is uh <laughs> that's important <laughs> uh, yeah of course of course yeah yeah i mean if you see all these tall buildings all these uh re you know real estates rising out from the deserts you know like, ocean of the ocean, what about of the, the ones ocean, rising ocean? out of the ocean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's a there's a, a lot of real estate projects that are happening uh, still. I mean, there are some canceled out, but there's some. There, there are, I mean, there are a lot of projects happening, but still. Uh, but that's that, that's the thing about. Uh, I, I guess a lot of people know about all these scams and stuff. So, uh, it, it, I, I think when it comes. Like to uh, to change the narrative when it comes to crypto or some of the DeFi projects, then is there needs to be a lot of education, you know. And that's one of the things we're doing is uh, at, at Bank Social. We have an education series, for example. I think to me it's to me it's twofold. Okay, I think uh, to keep people safe and to onboard new people in a safe way, it's twofold. The one is education because the people who are in here need to be educated. The people in the crypto space need to be educated enough to educate new people that come in and to keep themselves safe because the more people that get scammed, especially somebody who's like dipping their toe in the water, they haven't really explored it. They're dipping. They're not computer people, but they're like, you know what? I'm going to take the plunge because I want to see if I can change the financial world and change my life yeah. right, with crypto. Get in early. You know, the, now the people can be what the chases and all these centralized authorities were, you know, a hundred years ago. The people have the ability to do this and make themselves a yeah. family. But, you know, as, aside from education and educating people, we really have to have a, a um, renaissance of applications that bridge a Web 2.0 world to a Web 3.0 world. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can't. To, to bring on the masses, they can't come in and connect their, you know, wallets to the pancake fork with syrup and, you know, get it poured on their address. And they're yeah. going to be like, what the heck just happened? I ain't not, what am I, IHOP? Do I need to go to IHOP to do this? And you're from Texas, so you might know <laughs> yeah, what I know. Yeah, yeah, are. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. We do have IHOP here in Dubai, by the way. Oh, we okay. Do. Well, we shit, do. look at yeah. that. Except so what, we, then, what we don't have is uh, Chipotle Waterburger. and Chick-fil-A. And well, of course, Waterburger. They don't. I know. Oh man, I'm sorry. Pray I'm for sorry. them. Pray for them. You know. <laughs> but you know, it, actually, it's better that you guys don't have that. That's a whole different. We could go into that. I think it's better that you don't mm -hmm. have all these fast foods and uh, things like that. It's just not good food. It's not good food. But we won't go into that. Uh, all anyway. right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But you know that that's what I think needs to happen. You know, the the sexiness of getting in 
it feeling natural. It feels like uh, the Web 2.0 world because we had the same thing happen in the Internet in the late 90s. You know, like in the late 90s, if you didn't know how to use bulletin boards and if you didn't know the real underpinnings of how these connected computers and networks worked, right. all you were doing was going online and chatting, you know, <laughs> through AOL. Maybe you were sending and receiving email, you know, right. but it wasn't until after you know, the crash where all these companies came on and then they all crashed out and then mm -hmm. Amazon came out of it. And then, you know, all these big, massive behemoths that made it sexy to do your daily life stuff on the Internet. And then you had the, the, the surgence of uh, apps and all those kinds of things. We're we're right at the crash right now. Uh, you know, we're coming out of the crash of what I would, you know, equate to how the crash of the Internet happened. But it's happening mm -hmm. faster Right. At a more higher adoption rate than the internet happened because everybody has a phone in their pocket. True. So along with education, we have to make it sexy. We have to make the on-ramp. It has to be easy. And that's what Bank Social is focused on. My background is in, you know, I have a tech background. And my background is in building retail, um, you know, from the ground up, retail financial platforms, whether that's payment gateways, whether that's right, okay. omni-channel retail systems from point of sale to websites to warehousing systems and interconnectivity between them all, seamless interconnectivity, both for the user. So, you know, buy online, pick up, and we were actually the, the pioneers of those types of technologies about uh, 12, 13 years ago. And so, you know, we having built those systems, I understand and I, I see the need more so than anything in the crypto space. Like everybody's begging for that in our chat, in our bank social chat all day. We get people saying, man, I, I've got somebody who's ready to get some bank social, but they just have to take six steps and they don't want to do it. What can they do? So, you know, we're building, for example, a payment gateway. We're about to release a wallet. We're about to we're about to do this interconnectivity that makes these processes intuitive. They have to be so simple and intuitive. That's the two, that's the two features of crypto that will take this thing to the next level. We'll survive the chasm. We're climbing out of the, we're all these people right now are trying to climb out of this Canyon, right? Yeah. And it's us. It's the evangelist. We love it. I don't care if I've got to go to pancake swap and then connect right, my yeah. wallet to something else and bridge. I don't care. I'll do it in 10 seconds, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to get rid of that. That has to go away in crypto. Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's for, I think it's good because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, we want as many people in crypto as fast as possible and as safe as possible as we can do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with you. And I, I, I think the, the, the one thing that comes to my mind is the user experience. Uh, like, uh, because earlier I was just teaching my friends, how, you know, first of all, how to buy a Bitcoin or buy, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, using their either using a credit card or something. So, um, like I, I because I do remember like like long time ago I did learn about Bitcoin and stuff. But earlier I, I didn't understand cryptography or you know the Austrian economics behind it and all that stuff, that kind of deal. But but now you got all, like you know Bitcoin.com wallet. It's so friendly, so easy to look at. It's you know it, you know it's like like any other application. You know, so something but something using familiar. It is not Using it is not so easy yet. Using it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. I mean, yeah, the buying it is is easy, but in terms of it's like when it comes to BTC, like in terms of you know, on the retail level, like you know, to buy something or whatever, uh, I don't know it's it, it's uh, not that friendly. So um, it's scary almost. People get scared. Yeah, is what I I'm, see. I'm glad he said that. I, I think a lot of, uh, <laughs> I guess the the newer folks, you know, they will definitely agree with you because for them it's kind of overwhelming. Like it's wait, exactly, it's all alphanumeric numbers and exactly uh, wallet addresses. Like people don't want to see all that. You know, they're not yeah. used to these types of things. And to ask, like, think about your mom and my mom and your dad <laughs> yeah. and my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. They're not. You know, my mom's Turkish, so she's. Uh, you know, she moved here when she was 14, 13, 14, 15. And, you know, she just doesn't have the, she wants to do it. She wants, she called me the, the, when I started bank social, kind of a funny story. My, my blockchain experience goes back very early. I was a pretty early adopter of, of Bitcoin. I used to go to Western union and 
send money via Western Union to get uh, Bitcoin in the early days, like in, in early oh, 2010. Wow. <laughs> and then I Man. started mining it and all this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, <laughs> my mom, when she called me and she said, uh, hey, I want to buy some dogecoin like this was about six months ago i said okay the masses are ready now so I wow need to oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> of all of all coins dude that's crazy that's of all coins of all dogecoin, coins right? i mean really like man, that's yeah. funny but that just goes to show you that you know of all coins doge being like she could have bought Bitcoin. She could have bought Ethereum. She bought some Ethereum, but she could have bought Bitcoin because that's in the news most. She could have bought Ethereum. She could have bought an, any number of tokens who claim to be more utility than Dogecoin, and she didn't. She bought Doge. So that just goes to show you that people can – what I was saying before where you have this socioeconomic stratosphere of people being able to choose who they want to win, what they want to win. If they want Doge to win, Doge can win. It's not just a handful of, of companies that a government entity has decided are the best, you know, and I mean, frankly, uh, while the government does, I think the government should not be out of the systems. Okay. I'm not advocating for no regulatory, uh, frameworks at all. I think yeah. they're super critical and I think they're super important. Okay. For mm -hmm. many reasons, I think we should pay taxes. I think we should every, every part of the ecosystem that exists currently, but I do think there is a need to reevaluate the way governments look at this, you know, evolution, uh, to a system that's more equitable for the people who, are running these systems anyway. I mean, when a when a company is started, if it doesn't have users, forget about it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you yeah, can have yeah. the best idea in the world. And if you don't have users, so the, the users and the people should not just be paid in great product, right? Because that's the mm -hmm. that's the uh economy now is you're a user, you give value, and the company gives you back a great product. That's good. Okay. I'm not saying that that's not a, a good model, but there are some, some industries that have become antiquated to the point, especially when we talked about the, un, we talk about the underpinnings of the financial systems. Yeah. They're antiquated to the point. I'm, I'm not talking about an iPhone that it takes years of research and development and millions and millions and millions of dollars and you pay for it and you get a great product back. Although I do think that in the future, even these types of systems will have some type of, you know, loyalty uh, return on your investment, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but when you look at the traditional financial models and how antiquated they are, the top-down structure of, you know, to me, the reason I, I never go into a Chase bank personally. And mm -hmm. when I do, let me not say never. The only time I go in, I don't, <laughs> I don't go in because I need money. I go yeah. in because their online system is so bad that the data doesn't exist online and I need it for some reason, whether I'm getting a car or doing this or doing that. And I need that data and are forced to go into the, the store to find it. That's it. And so these antiquated systems, I, I should not in today's day and age, there's no reason why I should ever have to go into a store. You know, mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, quite yeah. frankly, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, ATMs can handle 95% of what, I mean, there's literally AIs that, I was on Amazon. A package didn't get delivered to me. I clicked through about three steps and it re it reordered my package for me. Like it figured out what was going on, reordered my package for me and did it. Like we can live with, you know, 70% AI solutions at this point. I'm not saying shut all the stores down or even sure, social sure. when it, when it does what it wants to do, you know, it could still have locations, but in, in Dallas, for example, there's 50 chase locations. Just don't mm -hmm. see the need other than to justify we need to make profit so that the guys at the top can make millions and billions per year. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. No, because They're going to hate me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because see, I also have my, I mean, I, I, I used to have a, like a Wells Fargo account. Then uh, I had a Centennial, which is more like a regional bank kind of deal. Like, but as far as when it comes to the traditional financial space, yeah, de definitely I agree with you. I mean, it uh, in many ways it is sort of it, it is a legacy, sort of a, a legacy institution. It's uh, in many ways they're sort of uh, slow to uh, adapt or whatever. 
that kind of deal. Well, they had. Think about this, okay? Think about this. They're not slow to adapt. From there are some reasons that make sense to be slow to adapt. Like you wouldn't have want to been the first uh, company using 128 bit encryption, you know, or or 64 bit <laughs> encryption or something like that back in the day as a bank, right? You might yeah. want to wait and adopt that technology after it's been, you know, fleshed out a little bit. But one one thing that I believe in, if you've read ever read the book Good to Great, okay. Uh, in the book, Good to Great, there's a, a very powerful message in that that what the book is about, just to give a quick preface of the book, the book is about taking uh, companies that are competitors and then looking at the metrics of what took one from good to great and what made the other one just kind of stale out and die. Okay. Gotcha. And one of the concepts that it comes back to is that technology, the technology itself is hardly ever a difference maker because somebody else can is, can come up with that technology. So True. what yeah. we're talking about here, blockchain is the technology, but if banks just take their existing financial models of having yeah. all these stores and needing all this money and doing business in the same way, and they just take their ledgers and put them on the blockchain, that's a waste of money and integration and time. Mm. Don't do that. Yeah. That's waste. Don't, if you're a bank out there and you're trying to move <laughs> your stuff to the blockchain to say you're on the blockchain, don't waste your time. The, the evolution that needs to happen is to this decentralized where the people participate and where the people mm -hmm. win. And what that does is, is that starts taking profits out of the hands of these big companies. And that's why their evolution to these systems, not, not to blockchain itself, but to this new fundamental model of the people participating in DeFi mm -hmm. is almost impossible for them to do. I mean, could you imagine if Chase tried to do this? They would have to shut down 95% because they're going to be redistributing yeah. profits back to the people. And so, you know, that's a very difficult thing to do, uh, you know, and in yeah. the new world, you could really almost, I'll, sorry, not to say, just to finish the thought in the new world, you can almost run a company with the equivalency of a impact of Chase, a same market cap, same everything with a couple hundred people maximum, Yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, uh, no, to me, like, uh, it's all like it's kind of like a, like you know, clash between two business models. Sometimes I, I also kind of see it as a, like a revolution in terms of money, evolution. information, uh, evolution, evolution, okay. evolution. Yeah, okay, it's not a revolution. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can see like like three things at the same time: it's evolution of money and information and the internet. Uh, and I know it, it's just I'm just fascinated. I, I, I was like kind of like try to I guess predict the future, see the future, how things are gonna be. So, uh, do you have some sort of like a futuristic view when it comes to DeFi? Uh, like, uh, you know, I I um, I try to predict the future, but I also like to make the future. So okay. So, you know, I, I'm not just putting out a prediction. I'm putting out a vision of how, as Steve Jobs would say, we make a dent in the universe and change something uh, for the better going forward. So what I see is a in the very short term, let's call it three to five years, I see a transformation to systems, again, where the social economic social capitalistic model starts to refine into the space to where people are rewarded for being people and for being humans and for being themselves and the reward and the staking is going to be something that you can do wherever you feel like you fit best and i think that because of this type of transformation we're going to have uh, and, and maybe this doesn't start until a little bit further along because uh, governments really need to be, um, you know, they really need to, to be shifted away. They need to lose a grasp in a, in a lot of ways on some of these uh, uh, pillars that they're keeping up. But in 10, you know, 10 to 15 years, seeing a place where um, you have this this breakdown of borders to the effect of the world unifying ac across not not everybody just coming together but 
economic groups forming and building power around their financial prowess. Okay. Cause I mean, the world works on money. Let's look at the revolutionary war, right? Right. The revolutionary yeah. war. Uh, the one thing that the, the revolutionists in the United States were lacking was money. That was it. Like yeah, if they yeah. had the money, they would have been able to win the war a lot faster. True, and so true. Yeah. Th that's what we have. Like at the, at the core of all these things that we have to remember is, that's why the scamming, the education, it needs to stop because the more money that gets scammed out of this system, the weaker and weaker it becomes financially. And that's what we've, we've got to do. So in the next, let's call it seven to 12 years, I see uh, the evolution to these uh, financially stable and significant and statistically significant groups of uh, or pools of capital that have power to, to do things on a global scale. I mean, think of the Sheba army, right? I'm going to, I'm going to just talk about like a token right now. Oh, think okay, of the yeah. Sheba army. It's cup. It's a year old. I mean, Doge, Doge is, you know, back in what, like 2013, almost, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like seven years ago. Right. So yeah, I think more than that, seven, eight years ago. Right. Yeah. And it took it that right. long, but look at something like Sheba, the Sheba Inu token, or even something that I, I started with, uh, you know, five months ago, Kishu Inu, it got up to like a $2 billion market cap. The amount of people uh, now, you know, it's not going to be a meme token world. These things actually have to start providing utility to keep people around long term. Sure, but sure, sure, sure. I'm just looking in in terms of how fast capital was able to come into a model, uh, into a group, and how dedicated these hundred thousand, two hundred. Look at Safe Moon. You're familiar with Safe Moon? Yeah, right? I, yeah, I heard about. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So SafeMoon has an army of however many are real. Maybe they're not, you know, maybe it's only 20%, 30% real, but even two, 300,000, 400,000 people, that's a small city. True. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have $2 billion behind them. Like that's a small city. That's a small country financially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they could buy, they could buy some island in the Caribbean and start their own nation. No, like a they could buy nation. many. Yeah, they can oh, buy many yeah, islands, man. you know, three or four islands with that with that capital that they actually have in liquidity. Yeah. And so these types of when you start looking at how interesting the the these economic groups become from from, you know, it's hard to be a single voice, even if you're a multimillionaire, you know, your platform yeah. is only so large. But if you have hundreds of thousands of people who each have a small, small stake Right. And they're getting mm -hmm. their reflections and they're getting some increase in value. But now they have a community that they can believe in. And and when, sure. when they want a movement to happen, they not only have the money, but they have the voice. And that's right. This yeah. is where the, the revolution is no longer a revolution. It's an evolution because mm -hmm. now you've evolved past the state of having to rely on somebody outside of your group to make change. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I was thinking like, uh, like, and so the group, but you know, so as an individual, n now, like, say, for, for example, me, like, if I'm using all these DeFi platforms, like, it's my, my chance, my opportunity to actually have income mobility for a lot of people, like for a lot of people, I, I, I can see that if once people start getting that idea, wait a minute, instead of like working nine to five, you know, uh, in a like a cubicle, but if I'm able to create generate wealth, I have the mobility to work and move anywhere. I mean, like, and, and then on top of that, the social aspect comes in. I mean, I mean, it's just uh, it's just incredible to just think about it. Right now, right now, creating wealth is a thing because we're early. Okay, but yeah. as we get, you know, right now, I think I was talking with the doctor the other day, $22 trillion of, of global economic uh, volume yearly. Uh, and right now, the the uh, crypto space has about $2 trillion of that. So 8% yeah. eight, eight mm -hmm. seven to 8% of the total uh, financial volume going through the world's financial systems, uh, t seven to 8% is in crypto. Right now, there's a chance to make money, but the future state, the future state is more so being part of a community. You can still make money because of all the DeFi that the DeFi programs that will allow you to stake and loan and then you get benefits off of it and that will still exist and you'll be able to create generational wealth. 
I don't know that you'll be able to in 10 years quit your job because yeah, you sure you might be able to find a protocol that you get into. But right now, if you get in, yeah, absolutely. As you ride this wave up for sure, be an early adopter. That's why I think why we're here, but in the future state in the five, in the three to five year state, or maybe even less where the benefit comes in is being able to, you know, like if you have crypto, if you have, and you're making all this money or you're getting wealth returned back to you in the form of dividends or payments or whatever that is, the ability to use that seamlessly both online and offline. So, you know, bank socials working on debit cards, bank socials working on crypto gateways, bank socials working on, you know, the, these financial underpinnings that other protocols can layer on top of so that we can be the, the banking system of the future. Right. Looking at it, looking at it. Okay. Let's start from scratch. Let's not, you know, let's not bring in old heads that just have this, this concept that of the existing financial system. Let's start from scratch with a brand new, you know, brand new system that works for the people, a bank for the people. Right. Okay. Um, And that's really, that's really what it is. And a bank for the, a bank for the, the communities that want to serve truly serve people not just not just make the people beholden to them right mm-hmm. so right yeah um that's where i that's where i see the three to five year plan for uh the future of what uh, what crypto really does and it might come faster than that it might come in the next year and a half we'll see we'll see what governments do governments have the ability to slow this down not stop it but okay. and that was one of the things i was talking about with dr Schilling the other day was crypto while it's not too big to fail it's still not big enough for governments to not slow it down. So, right. you know, like <laughs> like when I started in 2010, if the governments would have came out and, sh- you know, really done a, a heavy hand on the dark web and shut it down, then we probably would have been not talking about Bitcoin right now, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crypto right now. And, and thank goodness that didn't happen, though. Uh, it I, it I, didn't. I, yeah. They just basically kind of like, you know, laughed about it and was like, you know, it's just a, a kind of well, like a they joke. Shut down the, they shut down the places they needed to shut down that were like trading people. And I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not down for any of that kind of shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But because they didn't, you know, crypto got to the point to where now I think if they start, you know, it's going to be playing whack-a-mole. Shut this down. Something else pops up over here, especially since that's why I love open source code. It's beautiful. You know, it's going to exist. There's no way you can't convince me that there's a way without shutting off significant portions of the Internet and taking down master nodes all over the world that uh, shutting down decentralized finance with open source code is possible. That it would be have to be a a major, major uh, effort from governments to the point to where people are going to be like, you just shut down the internet. <laughs> so yeah, I don't that's totally that's answer, but yeah. I, I, because I remember a couple of months ago when I attended that, uh, this blockchain conference and they talked about like the only way they could shut down, you know, cryptocurrencies is shut down the internet. But if they do that, that is uh, an economic suicide for everyone. It's like a, exactly. uh, what do you call, uh, measure of last resort i don't know but that's like no one's gonna do that they're like you know they just have to uh i guess the regulators will have to learn how to cooperate or accept the new normal or, or something or adapt so uh but yeah I, I i don't yeah i think it's next to impossible to uh like to shut down everything because now slowly you know like there'll be more guys like you who are, who are coming up with their own solutions they're coming up with their own uh, how do you say, DAOs or whatever that could actually solve a lot of the problems in the marketplace and create more value, you know? So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing that I'm I'm really encouraged by is that there are many countries that have wholeheartedly taken in crypto as a economic evolution and they want to be on the forefront of it. And I'm not talking about small places. I'm talking about behemoths in the financial industry like switzerland like singapore i mean these are not these are not insignificant places you know switzerland has been a financial hub for that i mean it's literally the size of you know dfw yeah 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 (laughs) yeah. you you know and 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 more money flows through there than probably any other country in the entire world same with singapore i mean singapore is a very Mm -hmm. small area so the fact that there are these powerhouse financial areas that have not only just 
regulated, but embraced wholeheartedly have embraced it as the picture of what the future needs to be is extremely encouraging to me. That's, that's why I'm bullish, not on, not on making tons of money here. That's, that's not something that I, that I really focus on, but for the first time again, you know, the, the Ponzi scheme, I talked about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, the Ponzi scheme doesn't exist in crypto. And the reason why it doesn't exist in crypto, it doesn't exist in a visible blockchain. It might in some, in some blockchains, but on Ethereum, if yeah. you're, if you're transacting on the blockchain and you can see where every dollar that you're putting into the system is going, is there a developer taking it out? Is somebody else selling it? Are they taking mm -hmm. your tokens and giving them to somebody else? I mean, that's not a Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme is when yeah. you give a guy 50 bucks and you're like, where the fuck did that money go? I have no idea. <laughs> right. And then he gives yeah, you 25 yeah. back tomorrow. And you're like, where did that come from? I have no idea. So crypto blockchain, things like Ethereum cannot be Ponzi schemes. Okay. And so, so, so true. Yeah. Uh, for the first time ever, our, our societies have the ability to have a true visibility into the financial underpinnings. Where is it going? How is it happening? And that's why we have the power to pick the winners and losers. We're not going to be in a situation like with Goldman Sachs where they're, you know, doing something that's over leveraging and over leveraging and creating yeah. derivatives and creating derivatives. We can actually look at that as smart people because not all of us have to be smart, just a st statistically significant portion mm -hmm. and say, Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Look at what's happening here on the blockchain. Look at this. Look at this uh, AI that I've built that's following DeFi projects and calling out the ones that are doing you know, leverage, leverage buying. And, right. and how do you think they're getting companies like Binance? I mean, look at the beauty of this. Let's talk about this real quick. Mm -hmm. Binance yeah. has been, has been scrutinized and tracked and they're potentially stopping Binance from doing things that could have large financial implications because of how they're trading derivatives. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. You didn't get that when, when Lehman Brothers and Goldman Sachs was doing it. Why? Because nobody fucking knew. Excuse yeah, my yeah. language. I, I, know, I, agree. Knew. I, I agree. I know. At least six months later, they figured it out. I mean, that was crazy. Same thing with Enron. Same yeah. thing with Enron back in, back in the early 2000s. Nobody right, right. knew. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. no, I, no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 who was the guy before Gary Gensler? Um, uh, have, uh, 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 what is it, Hanneman? Uh, Heineman? No, yeah, 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 yeah. He had this. Uh, I guess he's like a New Yorker guy, like an Italian name. I forgot. Uh, Let me see. Uh, I'm looking it up right quick. Look, um, because I remember him. He he made the statement a long time ago that you know if we had the blockchain, you know, just right before the financial crisis, you know, they could have been able to, you know, like. They were, they were able to find uh, find out that you know Lehman Brothers. I mean, they were running on smoke for like six months till they crashed. You know what I mean? Like, I mean that was. I mean to me that was crazy. I remember. Yeah, it was two thousand. Yeah, two thousand eight. Um, then right after two thousand nine. I remember that. That was the time I just just graduated. You know, like. <laughs> I mean that was. Well, a... and... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no you're, no, right. you're say... absolutely right. No, I was just saying, like, man, it was just like wow, just you know, just seeing you know, like. Uh, people leaving Lehman Brothers. Uh, I, I I I think I remember like uh, some of uh, some guys I know who were, uh, what do you say? Uh, I, I guess they had like entry level positions at like Lehman Brothers or some other of these insurance institutions and all that stuff. Like, man, it, it was a a rough awakening. And I remember, oh, uh, some of the people like like in. West Texas, a lot of people are working for like um, uh, that Tyson group, you know, the meatpacking plant. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have, mm -hmm. we have because a lot of Hispanics. Lot, uh, uh, I remember like many of these people had their retirement funds. It was like four four one. It was four one k. Then it became one k. Yeah, and, yeah. And then yeah. they had to leave. <laughs> then they had to leave. That's great. Yeah, no, but that's. A, I mean, it was crazy. Like, I, I mean, it was painful to watch because like. These guys, like, they left, then they joined, and, you know, Walmart was able to bring them in, but they had to start all over again after 25 and years. And the excuse was, the excuse was, nobody knew. That's the excuse. We didn't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. We I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we couldn't had guys, see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I remember, uh, like, Dr. Ron Paul, he was talking about it. 
I remember, like, you know, Michael Burry later on, like, you know, after his, uh, uh, his quarrel with, you know, with the Prophecy? FDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, then you got Robert <laughs> Kiyosaki and all, like, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, there were many of these, uh, folks who did talk about it, but then, uh, obviously, many, uh, there's so many other people, they just didn't want to deal with it because that time they were making money, like, out of all these, uh, subprime loans and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what's yep. that, uh, 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 what's that other stuff? This collateralized debt obligations? Yeah. CDOs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Debt, debt swaps and, and collateralized yeah. debt swaps. And I mean, that's what I'm saying. So there's nothing, look, there's nothing wrong with trying, with trying new techniques. Okay. Right. The mm-hmm. wrong thing to me, the wrong thing is not giving the people who are financing because it's, it's us, it's people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're not just getting that money out of thin air and just, you know, using it for whatever they want. It's right. coming from people at the end of the day, right? Whether mm-hmm. that's through government subsidies, I'm getting taxed for that. You're getting taxed for that. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. So we're financing sure, sure. that or we're putting money in via our 401k or, you know, we're divesting that 401k into 20 different, you know, subgroups or whatever that is. You know, I want to be able to see it or have somebody that I trust and follow be able to see it and advise me on. Hey, look, there's something going on here. You know, it may or may not be illegal, but at least we can see it. Follow this money and look at where it's going. Right now, we can't see any of that. We can't see any of that. And that's the that's the core, core of when I talk about why we need to make this evolution. That's the core reason is for the people to be able to make the best decision possible. And I'm not talking about for, you know, you know, the Dow to run every company. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not, I'm not a proponent of, you know, pure DeFi and, you know, every single person has a vote on every single idea that ever could come up and they're running oh, yeah. the company. Like, you know, that's not a, that's not yeah, a, that's a recipe uh, for disaster in my opinion. I, I don't, it's not I, a I good, want to it's do not that. a good, not for every protocol. It might be for some, but not for every protocol. I mean, you definitely want, you know, people who are focused on making these decisions all day, making them, but as at the same time, the people staking value into those systems, they need to have the visibility into what's going on if they want to pull their money out or de-stake, right? Because oh, right, okay. right now, I mean, think of, the, think of the bad side of this. What about when a corporate takeover happens and you have somebody coming in from the outside who just wants to FUD and just wants to buy it as cheap as possible? So they get a couple news articles written. They, you know, turn some things upside down and then they go in and they do a leverage buyout for, you know, pennies on the dollar because of. Nobody knew what was going on. They just thought this company was a bad company and they couldn't look at the financials, the fundamentals, and they just got rid of it. That won't exist on the blockchain. You'll have people that are dedicated to saying what this guy's saying is bullshit. Look at how much inflow they have. Look at how much outflow they have. Look at how much revenue they're building over here. Look at the kind of products they're getting out into the world. And for the first time, people will be able to make a decision on saying that's bullshit. You know, go buy it on the open market. You, you want to get into this company like us when Lambo? Come buy some, you know, some tokens, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that's my favorite one. Uh, Wind Lambo. That's a, but yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah. No, but I'll tell you what, like, uh, I, I'm just excited to learn a lot about DeFi. Like, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people who are experimenting new ideas when it comes to DeFi and stuff. And yeah, I'm just uh, looking forward to it. And, and also, yeah, but I'm also uh, so glad that you know, you know, you know, you, you're you know, you're putting a lot of uh, interesting stuff like you know with uh, Bank Social, and also yeah, ha- I guess you also have your like a block score system kind of deal. Like if, if you could, we've got a lot of different techniques. Yeah, I mean, the things that we put out there were really the things that um, that we're doing that are different from everybody. So uh, the block score, think about that like a, a sovereign. Um, sovereign um trying to without giving away the actual you know what's the what's working behind the scenes before we release it but it it provides you with the ability to remain sovereign with your data okay but in a way that's reusable on the internet so think of it right now or on or in web3 think of it right now when you go and you apply for a loan here or you sign up for something here 
almost every time you're going in there, putting your social, putting this, putting that, right. and then okay. they're going, checking your credit, checking your scores, doing this, doing that. The block score will be a protocol that will allow other other entities to say, hey, we're going to check who you are, if you're really somebody that you say you are, what your profile looks like, what your, your, your credit score looks like, what your social credit score looks like, and we're going to determine it based off that. And we will be a trustless, self-sovereigning system that allows you as the user to control all of your data while at the same time fully providing it in a transparent way. Uh, in a way that doesn't divulge any of your information, private information, unless you want it to, of course, to anybody you want to interact with on the Internet as far as either, you know, somebody as a user or like if you're doing peer to peer lending, the people on the other side want to know that you're a real person, that you have the ability to pay back the credit. But at the same time, you don't just want to give your information out to every Tom, Dick and Harry. Right. Yeah, I know. That says yeah. they want to provide you a loan like that's a that's a. A system for rampant abuse. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so. uh, because I know, like, it, like in the states, but uh, like you know, you, you got your credit scores, your credit scoring system, like a TransUnion, Experion, and what's the third one? Um, uh, um, it's a uh, uh, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Equifax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good thing you said Equifax because I remember they had a hack. You know. Um, they're like what maybe like say four million accounts the info was leaked yeah. out and stuff so yep. so, so yep. yeah um i mean th and that is like really sensitive information you know so see and that's the and that's the other thing is that when you have systems like equifax okay let's just look at equifax okay i've dealt with their apis and their data systems they expose your data and then they they put the reliance on who's ever taking your data to keep it secure and so because it has an outside because it's exposed to the outside it's at risk versus if you could take somebody's data one time in the single transmission and lock it completely behind scenes and just provide a, a tokenization to that data, mm -hmm. that data never has to leave the secure confines. I mean, literally the, you know, the, one of the only ways it could get hacked would be for somebody to have keys to that room, get in there, open it up and take it out by hand. And, the, gotcha. and as yeah. you squeeze down the, the doors, everything is hackable. Okay. To mm -hmm. some, to say, you can't say it will never be hacked because there could be bad actors, uh, like the poly network hack that happened a few weeks back. You're aware mm -hmm. of this, the $600 yeah, million. Yeah. Dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's looking more and more to me. Like it was possibly somebody who, uh, you know, left the keys out to a hot wallet and somebody saw those keys and they, they got access to it. Right. right not, okay. a, not necessarily a brute force hack of a network and something, you know, like, Oh shit, they left the door open. They did technically, but it was a door that should have been closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. You know, so the the ability for us in the new world to tokenize and to uh, provide sovereignty to your data in a manner that has never existed before is what I'm what I'm really excited about in this space. So, uh, Block Score is one of those technologies. We're also building a uh, payment solution uh, technology. Uh, right. that other protocols can layer on and layer into, um, you know, our goal again is to provide at bank social legitimacy to the space from being a centralized authority, uh, of, uh, you know, people that are verified, regulated, trusted, but again, putting, putting those systems, building technologies that allow the people to be the beneficiaries of the value created. All right. Yeah, no, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No. I tell you what. <laughs> I, I know we, we are. Uh, we could talk all day. I, I know. Yeah, no, definitely. I know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we we can talk, talk a lot. I mean, to me, I just I, I just really love the space, and I, I think uh, comparing my experience with the traditional finance or what I'm saying, crypto, like uh, or the blockchain space, the folks who are in the crypto and the blockchain space, you know. They love to solve problems. They love, they, you know, they see some issues. They want to create something that will alleviate the pain or, you know, increase the value. But when I see in the traditional financial space, uh, a lot of times all, I, I always get hit with, oh, there's regulations or no, they can't do that or no, we can't do this. Or there's a lot of bureaucracy kind of deal, you know. So I, I think that's what kind of, I guess, inspired, like kind of inspires me and, uh, and I feel really highly positive about it, you know.
So, but uh, just to end this, uh, the this the the this is not going to be the last episode. There's going to be way more. They definitely want to talk more about Bank Social. But I just want to ask yeah, you, I'd love to, about like uh, how did you get into crypto? What inspired you? And oh man, okay, okay, yeah. I'll keep it short. So. <laughs> uh, by the way, I want you to come on my podcast and we'll talk about some stuff too. So, cool. uh, but let me, let me tell you real quick. So I, um, I got into crypto, Bitcoin, of course. Um, here's an interesting fact that before we start this blockchain wasn't invented in 2009, by the way, blockchain was invented in 1991 for the purpose of, um, providing immutability to documents, PDFs specifically. So, uh, you know, blockchain is something that I'd seen before and, and, uh, looked at as far as, uh, again, you know, a, a secure way, a trustless way to protect data and, and keep data immutable. So when, when Bitcoin came out in 2009, um, of course I wasn't there right when it came out, but uh, I was leading a team of developers in a company that I was working at. Um, and one of the developers, we went to lunch one day and this was probably, late 2009 early 2010 and he came to me and he said uh hey you should check out this because uh, you know i'm like a real you know uh techno geek right and he goes right. you should check out this new it's going to be the future of money and i said okay i'll check it out and i went and i said oh man this is really cool right i i immediately understood the technology i immediately understood kind of the future use cases my biggest concern was that and and this wasn't the concern at the beginning so what i did was like i told you i started going to western union All to right. get bitcoin to accumulate bitcoin and then i started playing with mining so what i would do is um google used to give you know now you can get free instances but the free instances they're not powerful enough to uh to mine bitcoin but back <laughs> in the day you could you could spin up free instances through their APIs and you could um, mine bitcoins uh, on the fly, right? And uh, so okay. uh, you know, like this was the very very beginning of cloud when cloud was just starting to come online, and so mm -hmm. they were trying to get people to jump on board of cloud. And you know, probably in two thousand twelve, eleven, thirteen, I started doing that and playing around with that mining. Um, but I was also somebody who became very skeptical around that time because of what was happening with the dark web. And, you know, I just played around with all the Bitcoins that I was mining. You know, I, I didn't have hundreds of thousands of Bitcoins, but, you know, I definitely had uh, close to a thousand Bitcoin at one point. But again, I just kind of, you know, played around with them and spent them all. I, I, I still had, you know, a couple left over, but I lost a couple wallets that had a few ah. in them, you know, just because I was playing around. I was just sure, sure. just playing around, playing around. And then I got out of it and I, I tried to get so many of my friends into it early on. You know, it's just like people are doing right now. You tell everybody about it. And yeah. they were all like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is not the future of money. And I kind of got pessimistic on it until Ethereum came out in 2015, 2016, and it kind of re reconfirmed my belief in that this is the new way that money was going to work because with mm -hmm. the, with the programmatic way to create adherence to specific performance, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, being programmatically able to say, Hey, if I do this, you got to do this is, as I said, that's a game changer. And so I started to learn Solidity. I started to write Solidity contracts. Right. Uh, they were very simplistic back in the day. You couldn't do a lot with them. They've gotten a lot better since then. But, um, you know, I, I stayed around and watched it. And then 2017, 2018 came around and I watched the crash. And I said, man, you know, this just, it's not the right time right now because there's so many scams. There's so many people who just want to make a quick buck. And it's still the same people. You're in an echo chamber screaming out. Right. My mom's not interested in this. It's too difficult. Yeah. Uh, and then I've always kind of just, you know, hung out, watch what was going on, kept track of it, kept track of the technology. I was mostly interested in the technology. And then at the beginning, uh, really at the end of last year, uh, I've got a friend who runs a group called Nifty Culture. 
Okay. And they've focused on NFTs and he, he's one of the friends who did listen to me early on and he made some money in Bitcoin and now he's making a lot of money in NFTs. And I, frankly, I didn't listen to him in NFTs. Like I said, you know, these are just JPEGs. (laughs) These are stupid. You know, I'm going to be the first one to admit it. First one to admit it. And, but I quickly, I quickly changed my tune. Um, once I looked at how these, these, uh, fungible, non-fungible tokens were created and what their future could be. And so, you know, started talking with him about, you know, what he saw the future was going to be, what I saw the future was going to be. Um, and then around the beginning of this year, I said, okay, it looks like this is an entry point for a revolution or evolutionary technology to come in. Uh, A lot of the technologies right now are run by, uh, people without a lot of background in history, uh, in technology and spaces and running businesses. Not that that's bad it happens all yeah. the time, but it can only happen with a certain amount of people. You need some people who can bring other, you know, uh, uh, practice concepts into the right. space. Uh, so, you know, I said, what, what is missing? Um, you know, just meditated on it for probably about two months. And like, literally when my mom called me and said, I'm about to buy my Dogecoin, should I buy Dogecoin within a two days, three days of that, I had the idea for, for bank social. And so started working on it for about two months, the behind the scenes of what it's going to be, how it would function, what the core ecosystem would look like, uh, launched the token and you know, here we are. Wow. Man, that, 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 that's amazing. That, that, that is, uh, really cool but how you got into it man that's uh, that, that's amazing yeah, but one moment can change your life listening to one one thing can change your life yeah oh man yeah but, but any- i feel like it wasn't just one time it was, it was a bunch of times they kept knocking on my door crypto kept knocking god kept saying hey crypto yeah, yeah. crypto crypto you know so, uh, yeah i i i think uh like uh, some some other friends who are definitely done well in the crypto space. I mean, they they have talked about it, you know, many times. More from the investment point of view, but also uh, from other aspect of life as well. So um, it's sort of similar. Like they saw, they kept learning about it many times. Only then they're like, okay, let me let me dive in deeper, and you know, they you can say they kind of saw the light. I just saw, uh, for me, I kind of saw the light, but then I got scared, moved away kind of deal. But I mean, that's the whole, <laughs> that one I will share uh, in your show for sure. You could come on and share it on my show. Yeah, for sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, first of all, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your history and your insight as well as what Bank Social is all about and what's the future uh, about Bank Social and definitely would love to learn more about it. So, um, and just for the folks of, uh, We'll be watching it on YouTube and also on, on my other all other podcast channels. Uh, where can they f- learn about Bank Social? Uh, yeah, you can go to banksocial.io. Uh, you can come to our Telegram group, t.me slash banksocial. Uh, both those areas. Uh, we'll be launching a new website here in about two weeks. Uh, it's a it's going to be an amazing uh, an amazing mm-hmm. step up. Uh, it's going to be looking like a Fortune 100, Fortune 500 type website, as well as our uh, blockchain wallet that we're going to be a multi-coin multi-token blockchain wallet that we're going to be launching here in the next week. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. All the love, oh, yeah. all the power. I really appreciate you inviting me on and you're welcome oh, to come thank on. You. Thank we'll you. We'll have to set something up. Thank, thank you. you so and congratulations in advance. Uh, Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Anyways, anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Y'all be good. Y'all be safe. We will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.